1: Hello, everybody. I'm uh, Sean Martin. You probably know that already. And I'm, I'm flying solo for this Chats on the Road. It feels weird being without Marco. Uh, he, he sends his best, but uh, we have a lot going on leading up to the week that is RSA Conference San Francisco USA 2023. And uh, one of the things we like to do is talk to keynote speakers and panelists about the sessions that they have going. And uh, we've had this conversation before with the SANS team, and we get to do it again this year. It's been a couple of years uh, with with something, I don't know, a pandemic or something happened in between. Uh, But we're excited to be back on location in San Francisco and excited to have this conversation again uh, with part of the SANS team. We were able to rally uh, Katie and Johannes. Thanks uh, both for, for taking the time to share with us today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks,
1: and a shout out to Heather and Ed, uh, Heather Malik and uh, Ed Scudis. Uh Best to them. We'll see them in person uh, at this session. Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about, though, a few words from each of you. I think uh, for those who listened to the previous ones, they know who Katie and Johannes are, but new guests listening may not know. So, Katie, a few words about what you're up to and, and your role and, and why, why you like being part of uh, this session.
0: absolutely. So I'm Katie Nichols. I am a certified instructor for the SANS Institute. Um, I teach the Cyber Threat Intelligence course, um, and I dual hat. I'm also a Director of Intelligence Operations at Red Canary. So I get two organizations on my name tag at RSA this year. And um, it's really fun. This is my third year joining the panel um, with my SANS colleagues talking about the most dangerous new attack techniques um, I just enjoy it because I get to be on stage with a bunch of very smart colleagues talking about techniques that we think the community really needs to pay attention to so I'm excited to be here for my third year and this time in person, I started out virtual, which wasn't as fun
1: <laughs> but but necessary, and we're thankful we had that and you've been on talking about many things uh, a lot of which was rooted in your previous life at uh at uh, miter attack and uh obviously plays well into the stuff you're doing with threat intelligence and threat research and things like that so i'm sure that'll be part of what we talk about today as well but before we do that johannes
2: yeah my name is johannes ulrich i'm the dean of research for sans.edu that's our accredited college here at sans and as part of the research partner i'm looking at forward what's going to happen next what's happening now also trying to sort of more quantitative measure some of the threats that we are exposed to part of this is also our internet storm center that we are running now for over 20 years now so it's as far as infosec goes a pretty old effort that we have i really like our panel that we always have at rsa because The challenge in putting something together for this panel is always trying to find something that's applicable, but also forward looking. Uh, We're not trying to be too speculative, we're not sort of doing the FUD kind of know what may be coming that everybody should be scared of, but it's never going to really happen. And if you actually look back sort of over the last 10 plus years that we have done this panel in one form or another, we were actually right pretty often kind of with things that then really uh, took off a couple of years sort of or a year after uh, we had that particular panel.
1: Yeah, and I remember uh, the other time we spoke uh, that the, I mean, it's, it's a group of you that pulls us together. Um, I don't remember how big it is. I know it's just the four of you that are on the panel yeah. uh, presenting. But th- there's a lot of work that goes into uh, pulling this together and Obviously, if if you're doing that work, you're bound to get things right, but talk to me a little bit about the process through which the material comes together that you then present, Um, or maybe, actually, I should probably step back. What are you, (laughs) what are you presenting so people have a sense of what we're talking about in the first?
0: Yeah, so the panel's on the uh, five most dangerous new attack techniques, and it's interesting because that title, you know, when I first joined the crew three years ago, I was like, that's intimidating, right? If like anyone in cybersecurity, you're like, you get to talk to potentially hundreds or thousands of people about one most important new dangerous attack technique. That's a tall order just to even figure that out. So generally, we, I think we start a couple months in advance. Like we hop on a call, we start to brainstorm a little bit. Of course, before those calls, I don't know about Johannes, but myself, and I imagine Heather and Steve are our co-panelists as well, like start to get nervous and you're like, oh gosh, like what technique should I choose? Um, my approach I think is a little different than some of the other panelists, which I think actually makes for a cool panel. Um, I tend to focus and, you know, Johannes lives in this area as well. Like I tend to focus on things that are really dangerous because they're rising in prevalence. Like I'm not always going to be the person or usually I'm not going to be the person who's like, Oh, there's some new, you know, special red team technique that we've seen once I'm going to be like, Hey, there's this thing that's maybe been lurking for a few years. This year, we've seen it start to rise, and like this is a thing that's dangerous because of its new prevalence. So that's how I think about it, Johannes. I'm curious if you have a similar perspective or not.
2: No, I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Sort of, it's it's there already, but it's going to be really big, and you better get ready for it. And I think uh, the other interesting part about this panel is that we all are sort of talking shop about what we are really doing every day. So uh, it's not uh, not to say anything against vendors, but uh, the product we really have to sell here is how are you going to protect yourself next year? What uh, should you really get ready for? Uh, in sort of also a hands-on way. Like what we usually offer is very practical, hands-on advice. Uh, These are the things that you should be looking out for. And this also how you look out for them, how you recognize them, and potentially how you defend against these threats. Uh, All of our presentations always try to close with sort of that defensive slide. We don't really say, hey, you know, the world is, falling and the sky's falling and uh, there is no defense uh, pack up and go home uh, that's not our attitude we really want to say hey, you no, know, there's actually something that's uh, not really all that difficult that you can do to defend yourself against this new threat
1: and remind me there there are four of you and five most dangerous threats um, do you each pick one and then you collaborate on a fifth or how, how does that all come together
0: Kind of depends year to year. Um, I think what what uh, the late Alan Peller told us is no one cares about the number. Like it's supposed to be five, but like sometimes we fudge it. Um this year I actually had two that kind of worked together. So this year I got I got two. And it's tough. A person with two. Congratulations. Yeah, it's rough because we all get the same time. So I have to talk about two yeah. techniques, not just one, but they mine work together. You know, I'm not gonna give them away. People have to come, but I'll say that they're really uh prevalent or starting to be prevalent initial access techniques that I think people need to pay attention to. So I got two this year.
2: And that's definitely sort of a theme here that, you know, we try to cover the top five or whatever the number is we put. I think the past, I also mentioned seven uh, and such. So we had different numbers there. Katie got lucky this time in getting to cover two. But uh, it's really the topmost Prevalent, interesting, exciting attacks to talk about. Uh, that's sort of how we come up uh, with these. And for myself, you know, you always look at you no know, again, you know, what are you doing every day? Uh, I look at like our volunteers. It's a providers with data and so what they're they're seeing. But you look sort at, at your larger network, kind of uh, of sort of human and technical sensors that you sort of have out in the field uh, to figure out uh, what matters to them. And that's sort of how we come up uh, with these techniques. Yeah.
1: And then Katie, you said the two, the two you're presenting uh, kind of connect at some level. Do you do you find, generally speaking, that the five or the six or the seven, whatever the number is, are cohesive or are they all over the place? One one might one year might be total human elements, social engineering, and 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 also deep hardcore networking, <laughs> or or IOT versus ICS or how how does maybe looking back on past years without giving away this year's uh, stats or techniques, what, what, what does that picture look like? I'm trying to get a sense for if I'm sitting in the audience, am I told a connected story of five things or am I told five individual stories?
0: It's interesting. What we usually find is that I think this year we're sort of in pairs. Like Johannes and I are a little more on the like prevalence rising side, and then uh, Steve Sims and Heather Mahalik are more on the forward-looking side. And so we find that there are often, you know, connections between them. But I think what's cool about this panel is that we each bring a very different perspective, right? Heather works, you know, on mobile technologies at Celebrate. Um, She's also really passionate about, like, personal family security, right? Steve Sims works on the offensive side. So he kind of brings a slightly different, more like, how can adversaries use technology to create exploits, that kind of thing. Whereas I think... You know johannes and I, I i bucket us together right i'm of the you know along with the internet storm team i'm like let's look what's happening day to day go from there so i would say it's not going to be one cohesive story you know like one through five but i think people will start to see themes and commonalities and you know i know heather and, and steve will kind of build on each other for their techniques
1: and, and my, that's a really my apology as i said ed but it's steve that's <laughs> Ed's moderating ed scotus ed, is Ed's our my, moderator so he's right. there too he, he gets the fluffy, easy job. Just oh yeah, ask the hard questions you get the answer.
2: And that's no, the interesting that. thing. Steve is our new addition this year, and he's very offensive. That's you know what he lives, what he breathes. Uh, I myself, more defensive person. I think Katie, I would also put you into of the defensive blue team kind of bucket here. Uh, so uh, by having all these diverse viewpoints, really on where the industry is going, and uh, that really gives us very different topics. We, When we coordinate, it's really more about not covering the same thing, that not two of us are covering the same thing, but uh, we're not really sort of artificially trying to impose a theme that everything has to fit into a particular theme because uh, everybody has their own idea on what's important.
1: I was wondering, because the conference itself has a theme, which is better together this year, I believe. And um, I suspect a lot of the submissions for talks and panels – kind of had to fit, maybe I don't know if they did or not, but probably had to fit to some degree in, in that theme to kind of line up with things. Doesn't sound like this is the case um, for this panel. It's it's whatever the Storm Center sees, right? <laughs>
2: well, Storm Center is all about being better together. That's sort of you know, the uh, community really that uh, deploys these sensors and really that's sort of very, how we learn from each other.
1: Can you describe the center for folks that may not be aware of it?
2: Yeah, so the internet storm center, uh, it's really sort of two parts. One is what originally came sort of out of an effort that I started called Shield, which is basically volunteers that are running sensors for us that detect attacks, honey pots now mostly. We also had some simpler sensors in the past. So it's a big database you know, going back 20 plus years of what those sensors uh, saw and sort of how attacks, evolved over the years the second part is it's of that human part where we just have people write in and say you know i saw this in my network is it good is it bad am i compromised Uh, and uh, then we have volunteer handlers that really look at the data that write about it Uh, every day we write what we call a diary because back when we started there were no blogs but um About, you know, what these these volunteers saw in their network, uh, sometimes about the submission that we received, how do you analyze this piece of malware? Uh, What does it mean? How to defend against it?
0: And I will say, plus one for Internet Storm Center, Diaries is a really useful resource. Um, My team at Red Canary, we use them all the time. And a lot of times it will be like one of the leading sources of like, hey, there's this weird thing. Or like, it's the one source we can find that's talking about some weird binary and making sense of it. So Anyone who's a defender who doesn't follow Internet Storm Center already, definitely check it out. And I can say that because I'm not officially affiliated with them. So, <laughs> And it's free. There
1: you go. <laughs> Thanks. Well, uh, we'll be sure to get uh, get that link from you, Johannes. Uh, we'll include it in the show notes for folks to, uh, to sign up and grab that. Talk to me about the, the format. So five different sections presented. Is there, is there expected audience engagements uh, to ask like a double click on on some of the things that are that are shared what's what's that format look like so we try to source ed
0: tries to kind of source questions in advance and do that in different ways so um it's kind of tough with such a big you know audience to to source live questions so we sort of try to anticipate or you know i think some years we go to like uh, students right johannes sourcing yeah, yeah. different questions and then we usually we each get six minutes approximately if you time us, you'll see we almost always go over and Ed doesn't yell at us too much. But then we try to reserve time for questions as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, we try to make it a little bit interactive with those questions. And of course, start a conversation really mm-hmm. that hopefully will then continue after the presentation where people sometimes come up to us and you know, ask additional questions or uh, also the audience amongst themselves will further discuss uh, what they just heard.
1: So clearly, Red team, blue team, uh, ops folks, um, who who all should be in in the room with you?
0: I think everyone, all of those folks, (laughs) you know, of course, Johannes and I are going to have a little bit of a bias towards defenders. You know, Steve talking to the the red teamers, you know, Heather, many years, Heather's the one who tries to get us to think about like our day-to-day life, right? We always use our phones for everything. What's our vulnerability there? So I think Heather's, is applicable to everyone, um, anyone in their personal lives. Um, I think leadership. That's another thing I always try to think about is, you know, the CISO types or the leaders, people who are making decisions. Like I get six minutes to talk about something and what is the thing that I think they absolutely need to know about. And I think we all take that seriously. So we try to, you know, I think we all have a mix of like trying to make our concept really accessible, our techniques accessible at a high level, and then maybe like a little bit of a deep dive, you know, I have a little bit of you know the uh, example command line for one of the threats that uses my techniques. Like deep dive a little bit, but then zoom back out. I'm trying to make it accessible for a big audience.
2: Yeah, that's uh, not to give too much away, but I think this year Heather will be really great because she makes some of those technical issues really personal. And why do they matter? That's uh, and that's you know, what we always try to sort of get across.
1: Yeah, and as you as you both know. Um the five most today that you're presenting in a couple of weeks Um, won't be the same five (laughs) the next day or certainly not the next week or a few weeks after that. So uh, do you also try to uh, instill a a sense of understanding? So regardless of what the topic is more of a best practice around this type of technique rather than this specific technique. So the teams can apply a, a general best practice to their program versus, Hey, I got to go back and solve, solve for this one particular threat.
0: Absolutely. I would say that, you know, we each have to have the defensive, the mitigation guidance. And as much as we can, you know, I think we each try to think about the category of threats, right? It's so a minor initial access techniques and the, you know, defensive and mitigations I'm giving, you know, talking about how they'll apply more broadly right? That these aren't just going to work, you know, narrowly on the techniques. And, you know, I think we're all, one of the cool things about being on this panel in particular is we're all instructors, we're all teachers. And so I think anyone with that teacher mindset, like you always want to teach your students to fish. Um, so I think we always try to inject, like I'll start talking about my techniques with, hey, right, defenders have gotten better. Here's what's we're seeing shifting in perimeter defenses. And that's led to this. So trying to educate people, Not just how do we come up with these techniques, but how could you think about this in the future? Like the kinds of things to watch out for in adversaries. So as you say, right, the average person can try to pick up on what the next technique is the next week or the next month.
2: Yeah. Good part of this is while the techniques change, some of the defensive techniques actually remain fairly constant and sort of trying to focus back to the basics when it comes to defenses.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And Johannes, I know um, as we were prepping, uh, the topic of supply chain came up and I had the fortune of speaking with uh, Alan Friedman from CISA about S bombs and supply chain and software security. And I forget, there's like 25, 30 sessions at RSA conference this year. And he said, I'm sad mine didn't get selected. <laughs> my, my presentation didn't get selected. But I'm thrilled that the work that that uh, CISA and others in the industry have done to raise awareness for supply chain has done so well that there are that many people talking about it in a meaningful way. So your your thoughts on, on supply chain, I don't think it's directly related to your session, but it's an important piece, right?
2: Yeah, I think the complexity about supply chain, it's often overlooked Is it's not just about the components that make up software, but it's also about the processes that are being used to create those that software. Uh, I think it was last year, two years ago uh, at this uh, keynote panel, I described developing these days as taking a bunch of libraries and wrapping it with duct tape uh, together. Uh, that's at least sort of how I develop a lot of my software these days. Uh, it's it's not just about the components, but also about how do you do the wrapping and who does the wrapping. Uh, how do you sort of control the entire process? That's really what a lot of this is about, and uh, that's a, one of the hidden complexity here of the supply chain as well.
1: Yeah, and Katie, I know you you have uh, not not just double duty in in the Sands panel, but double duty at RSA itself. You have you have a a threat intelligence and response, I think, session as well. I don't remember what the the official name is, but tell us a little bit about that one.
0: Yeah, both of them are on Wednesday. So uh, I'm going to be very busy Wednesday, but it'll be fun. Yeah, I got uh, together with a couple of uh, colleagues that I admire so much. Uh, Wendy Whitmore from Palo Alto, Leslie Carhart from Dragos, and then Lily Hay Newman from Wired is going to be our moderator. So we're going to be talking about uh, real-world stories of incident response and threat intelligence, you know, all of the those of us on the panel have been involved in incident response in lots of different ways, and so talking about you know some of the things we've seen, some of the lessons learned, some interesting stories, um, cautionary tales, and you know one thing that uh, building on Johannes's comment on supply chain, um, one thing I'm hoping to inject there is is talking about supply chain with the recent 3CX compromise, right? The compromised uh, voiceover IP software. I think that was late March, early April. Time is fleeting. Um but I think it's it's pretty interesting to talk about just how challenging it is to detect those compromises. Um, you know, whether it's the libraries Johannes is talking about if someone's inserting there, or in this case, you know Mandiant's still investigating what happened in 3Cx, but right malicious uh, Dll files coming from trusted VoIP agents um. And how do you challenge those uh, assumptions we all have that, right, this is a trusted binary, nothing bad should be coming from this until it does. So I'm excited to kind of, you know, dive into that incident, other recent incidents over the years, and really just give people, especially those who haven't done incident response or those who do, I think there'll be lessons for everyone on what to watch out for as you're doing these incidents and maybe some fun stories of weird things we've seen as well.
1: Uh, The weird things. We all show up for the weird things. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to listen to what Katie and the others have to say about 3CX. I think that company struggled initially a little bit with the incident response, but now they're pretty open and it's sort of you know, back to the better together uh, hmm. kind of motto. Uh, the more you share about incidents like this, as painful as it is, uh, the better everybody will else will get and hopefully you too, because you get the feedback as you're making this public.
1: Yeah, it's easier said than done many times. But if you have somebody leading by example, um, I think initially we we tend to point fingers and say they're not doing it right. But I think we're we're starting to turn that corner and say, look, they didn't do it perfectly, but look how well they did, and how much better we are because of of that.
2: It is really hard, and you yeah. know, um, I think just with three CX uh, the same day, three CX sort of broke. We had people report malware on our website and. I shrugged it off because it happens all the time. Because we write about malware and anti-malware tools are picking up on it, yeah, but uh, it's it's hard. It's hard. and I think that's often overlooked, sort of, from the outside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, What I appreciate about uh, RSA conference is they give people like you uh, a platform and a space to share what you've done. A lot of this work you're doing. A lot of times is um, not for any benefit of your own, right? You're not getting paid to do this necessarily. And we see volunteers and researchers, uh, all over the conference, bringing their hard work and their mind and translating that into a story that practitioners and, and leaders and managers and, and business folks can all absorb and, and hopefully build a better program through. And these two panels, uh, represent that in my mind, uh, with a, diverse group of folks from different backgrounds, looking at things differently. Once one, all they're all uh, teachers, instructors, another uh, a mix of it and OT and, and ICS. And of course we have the media in there uh, kind of helping to, to shape a story even more perhaps. And I mean, super cool. And I'm grateful for the two of you for, for the work you do. I'm thrilled to have this conversation is, as a, as a follow-up to our previous ones. And hopefully we'll do it again next year, RSA 2024. Uh, Any final thoughts, uh, Katie, before we wrap.
0: No, just appreciate the conversation and yeah, looking forward to seeing everyone at RSA. Uh, Please, if we, if you have time joining our our panel would be awesome. If you don't, it's recorded, you can watch it later, but looking forward to engaging with everyone and hearing about the threats that are relevant and yeah, figuring out how we can all better protect against them.
2: Yeah, same here. Uh, Hope to see many uh, people at RSA. And like I said, we try to start a conversation with this panel. Uh, So let us know how well it works for you. If you can't attend the panel, uh, no big problem. Sometimes the smaller sessions are actually more fun, I have to admit. Uh, But I hope uh, still lots of people will show up for the panel. And uh, let us know what you think about it and how these threats affect you.
1: I thought I was going to have to say, okay, we won't publish this until after the panel. But no, I'm just... We're not going to do that. Now we want people to visit you and meet you and, and uh, learn from you, and, and hopefully they'll thank you as well, um, like I want to do again. Uh, so everybody listening, there will be links to uh, the two sessions, the two panels we discussed today, the SANS panel and Katie's Threat Intelligence uh, response panel, and a uh, link to the Internet Storage Center for uh, the, the Diary, the Daily Diary, I think it is, and uh, anything else, Katie and Johannes want in to share uh, and help folks prepare for the session ICS ISC not sans everybody. all right thank you both and we'll see you there good luck with your panels and thanks everybody for listening
0: thank you thank you